Welcome to the Drawn to Scale podcast. I'm your host, Pablo Cortez. Um, there's no Anna joining us today, um, but we do have a guest, and that is Sarah Bendrick. Uh, Sarah is a landscape designer and contractor. Uh, she owns and operates her San Diego-based design-build firm, uh, Sarita's Landscape Design, where she creates and installs big impact residential landscapes. Uh, Sarah also juggles her design-build business with her various media outlets, including being a frequent guest on home improvement shows and as a spokesperson for Still Power Tools. Um, Sarah, you also have a, um, a, a shop, a store, Sarita's Garden Gifts and Landscapes. Thank you. Yeah, that's a, that's a new addition, and that's totally an experiment. I just figured I would give it a go and, um, you know, figure what's the next thing and the fun thing about it is that I can order things that I use in my landscapes and just supply them in the store, but also just bring them into the landscapes as I need to. But the fun thing for me is the garden gift aspect where I put together things that I think like a gardener or somebody that likes plants or something that likes to be outside might enjoy as a gift. So it makes it easy for the gift buyer, I guess. Yeah, very cool. And that's at the uh, San Diego Liberty Station. That's the metro station down there? Yeah, so in Liberty Station, it's um, it's a place called Sea Hive, so it's a shared space, and um, it's down by uh, it's it's kind of it's near Point Loma in San Diego. It's a very popular place. Nice, very cool. So you get a lot of foot traffic going through there, I would imagine. Yes, a lot a lot of tourist foot traffic, which is great. Well, I, I think to start, uh, can you give us a little bit of uh, info on what uh, your services are, what you offer as Cerritos Landscape Design? Yeah, absolutely. So Cerrito Landscape Design um, is now Cerrito Landscapes Incorporated. Yay! Incorporated this year. (laughs) Thanks. Um, And we basically do design builds. So we like, I like to be available to like any homeowner. So we do these things called paid consults, where basically most of our clients, pretty much all of our clients schedule one of these. And it's like a meet and greet where we go to your property, we discuss the pros and cons, talk about budget and share some general ideas for the space. And so that way the homeowner gets some ideas on the spot. But we also um, are able to kind of, we're able to give them information, but we also get compensated for our time to do so. And for some people that are maybe DIYers, that's maybe all the help they needed. Uh, and then for other people who want full design service, which is the majority of people, uh, we'll go ahead and put together a design proposal. And then we, if they approve that, then we'll move forward with their design by measuring and creating a actual design. And we'll check in with them. The client's very involved in the process. And once we put together the design, we put together our concept and then we'll go ahead and bid it. But I like to talk budget throughout the design process because there's no point in designing something very fancy <laughs> if the budget does not match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's. Uh, I wanted to talk about a little bit. What are the, some of the designs? Some of the challenges you come across when kind of taking your designs and going into construction? Would you say uh, um, budget is one of them? Um, I, I'm, it looks like you're starting from the very beginning talking about that. So, would that or maybe any other challenges that you come across um, taking your designs into construction? Sure. So, like a true design build, um, you have the same point of contact throughout the process, which I think makes it a little easier. Um, throughout because we're the ones thinking of the ideas we're also building them typically so I think it's a smooth transition of of ideas from something on paper to something physical and I think it's a great way to stay kind of holistic with the job as well as like have the client stay as involved as they want to be 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a you, it is a smoother process when you're the person creating the the design. You're not taking somebody else's ideas and and trying to build off of that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oftentimes, if I'm working directly on the design, I'd be like, okay, how would I build this, <laughs> and then work backwards to the design. But usually, we start kind of like loosely in terms of like the function and the layout. Um, but when it comes down to the, like the fire pits and stuff like that, I'm like, well, I know I can get a burner that's this size, so this fire pit should probably be this dimension. How do uh, how do projects? I guess maybe from the beginning, how did you start getting these projects uh, come your way? When I first started, I just went door to door and left my business card. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, <laughs> um, I'm like, your yard looks like it can use some help. <laughs> um, that's when I first started, and then. Um, since then, word of mouth has been awesome. Those are my favorite type of clients because they already know our services. They know our prices for the most part. And I would say we're kind of like middle of the row. We're not like the super, super budget install, but we're also not like the super, super high end. I think we're somewhere in the middle where we can like balance between people's needs and, um, and like doing a quality install. But yeah, so word of mouth, but also I... I have dabbled in television and sometimes I get leads from TV, although because it's a national show, like I'll have people from all over the country and we don't really service those clients at this time. It just, I feel like it'd be too difficult to manage. And there's so many things regionally that I think somebody that lives in that area would be better served to help those people. Yeah. And then social media as well helps. Nice. Are you sticking mostly to the San Diego area? Um, I would say Southern California, but San Diego is the easiest. We're here. Um, you know, for the right amount of money, we've gone to Las Vegas and, <laughs> you know, Bay Area and sometimes Los Angeles because we can drive there, but it has to make sense financially um, to do so. Very nice. So one thing I wanted to uh, kind of discuss with you is um, maybe kind of get your views on how your designs and your installations have effects on the neighborhoods that you're putting them into? I would say it's, I mean, I would like to think it's all positive. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a it's a weird question because the only reason I bring up the negative part is because a lot of times, not a lot of times, but sometimes someone will do something in a neighborhood that is completely not with what that neighborhood is originally intended to be. You know, it kind of changes it up and it stands out, mm-hmm. um, which is fine, right? They they can do what they want as far as their their home. It just I think that's something that that affects the entire neighborhood, not just that the the one um, home, I guess the one property. Um, but you're right. I think for the most part, improving someone's landscape is a positive thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I hear what you're. I hear what you're saying. I think there's. Um, I think that's a great point. Like not like as much as I'd like to think it's all positive. There are um, plenty of ways that I think maybe things could be done better. I think when you're doing a landscape, inherently you're like destroying something to make something better. So there is waste in that. So trying to be cognizant of that at the end of the day i feel like it's the clients driving their final vision that kind of drives like what's going to happen on a project but yeah there's potential waste from that but also you know depending on the install obviously i have my biases uh i think one of the worst things people can do is just cover the yard with you know a huge concrete driveway and then artificial turf everything and i actually think that detracts from a neighborhood instead of enhances it like initially it looks nice and it's clean and it's low maintenance but if effectively what you're doing is creating a heat island effect like you're creating a very hot space and inhabitable inhabitable space if like there's too much of it and i'm not anti-concrete i'm not anti-artificial turf but i am pro-balance um i don't think the solution is to 
when people's main motive is low, low maintenance, I think you sacrifice a lot. And if a whole neighborhood goes that way, if you can imagine, um, if you had a neighborhood that was predominantly garden spaces or maybe even lawn spaces that kind of transpire and breathe and add oxygen and um, just uh, moisture to the air and you pull that all away and then you put all concrete, gravel, and artificial turf, what you've done essentially is like cut out any any like of the cooling effects of those other aspects and really any sort of habitat for birds, beads, butterflies, or whatever. And, and as people were like, here's my pot that does it. But I'm like, essentially where it's destroying the soils, which is really a shame. So I think renovations can be negative if they're not done balanced. That's a good point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I was trying, trying to uh, get at the uh, the negative portions. Um, but again, you know, it's 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 up to the owners and the clients what they want to see installed, right? Um, but hopefully they have, at yeah. least on, on our end, we can kind of help to guide them in the right direction, right? Where mm-hmm. we're not using artificial turf or we're minimizing all that concrete yeah. work. I would consider, I would associate artificial turf the same as I do like a hardscape patio. You know, you might put in a brick patio because it has function for you. You might put in an artificial turf area because it makes sense for you but it should be like a specific spot that is done for a purpose um because sometimes it might be the best solution it's not like my go-to solution but sometimes it might be the best solution but i think it needs to be balanced out with garden space and other aspects or maybe it is lawn that makes the most sense for you and yeah. and that's the other thing being in southern california lawn is also seen as like evil as well so you just gotta like pick your poison in the way that makes the most sense but trying to balance it all together time to hop in with our sponsor for this episode seclex is a next-gen managed security service provider headquartered in sunny southern california they solve information security and technology challenges that aec firms face every day quickly and efficiently with a focus on cybersecurity. seclex takes a holistic approach to technology to become your fully staffed outsourced cybersecurity and it department if you're concerned about potential cost of downtime due to an attack and if your it issues aren't getting resolved quickly enough visit www.seclec isc.com or call 1-888-SEC-LEX-9 to get those questions answered and resolved. Going back to your the, your business, uh, you mentioned you, you're incorporated now. Um, that's, a, that's a big step. Um, do you have any advice for anybody starting their own design build business? I would say uh, starting out slow and really getting your processes down. And that's something that I've struggled with for a long time. I'd just been myself and it didn't matter how efficient I was because whether I worked on a Sunday, like who cares? Um, (laughs) But kind of getting down your system will really allow you to have um, more freedom with your time and more efficiency with your jobs. So that's something that um, I've gotten into a lot more. There's actually an app I started using earlier this year. It's called Jobber. And it basically helps me track like all my um, clients where before in the past I literally would like keep receipts in a bag like I still need to keep receipts and then I would like type up an invoice and then I you know a month would go by and I'd be like oh let me like put it all together and like this has been very helpful for I put the clients info in once I put the bid in I can push a few buttons and like send an invoice and then upload receipts so the organizational has the organization that's big, has right? that's a big very thing. <laughs> very helpful because trying to remember all these things and then yeah it's it's fine if it's just you're doing like one job at a time and like all your you know but now that it's it's so nice yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so nice it's, it definitely is like when i first started it was like i said it was a lot of excel sheets 
and a lot of just typing up invoice. And I'm like, well, I can't keep doing this if I'm growing clients. So I mean, there's great technology out there. To, I mean, a lot of them are for, for, for a fee, but like for the time savings, I think it's worth it. Cool. All right. Well, I think we can kind of start to wind down. I did want to uh, touch on your um, your spokesperson. Uh, sure. Is your spokesperson spokesmanship for yeah. uh, for Still Power Tools and how that's going, how that came about, and how that's going, and if you have any uh, future or current um, yeah. things going on. Absolutely. So yeah. So I am the spokesperson for Steel Tools, and um, we largely talk about about their battery line of power tools. But uh, it's such an honor. Like that's probably like been a highlight of my career. I couldn't believe they approached me um, because I'm not like a huge influencer. Like I'm not like some of these people have millions of followers or even hundreds of thousands of followers. But so I feel extremely honored that I've cut out my little space and that they think that I would be a good representative of their company. So basically, what that looks like for me is um, with the fact of me having running my design build business. Um, I also had some media experience, which helps me like translate and kind of keep points concise. So if they need representation for like interviews or if they want to put together content, um, it's something that I gained as a skill, maybe I guess you could say to be efficient as. And so they basically, we think of ideas every year of content that we can put out for people. And it's just a way for them to kind of organically put out stuff and have a face, which was mine to, <laughs> to just uh, kind of push out information that also includes some of their tools and just educating people about the benefits. But yeah, they have, I mean, Steel invented the chainsaw. Like I couldn't be partnered with a better quality brand. <laughs> like, it's it is a very nice chainsaw. <laughs> it's a really nice chainsaw. And like their battery, battery equipment, like it's top of the line for sure. Um, so in being in the industry, like it's stuff that we would use all the time. So it's great to have that resource and experience to play around with a bunch of tools <laughs> <laughs> very cool um is there anything that you're looking forward to as far as any of your media uh, upcoming media projects or any kind of um things that you got going on i am doing a pilot coming up for hgtv Woo! i'm excited about that um i'm co-hosting it with this guy named jeff wells and we are figuring out when we're filming and where so we'll probably be filming the end of this year and then it'll probably come out next spring i assume we're doing a pilot so it's basically they'll put out one episode see how it does and if um it it catches an audience or if it does well then they'll order more so fingers crossed for that but i always consider the media stuff like um my side gig my my like my hobby because my design build is the bread and butter that is like consistent and keeps things going but i do love it when opportunities like that pop in because one it's really fun and two it's just um it is good advertising in general although it's not like directly i don't think it's it's not directly helpful for my san diego market it can be but it's more of a i don't i, I don't know it, it, it's it helpful gives you, it gives you a little bit of presence right a little bit of brand presence throughout um it, it yeah, definitely i think it being helps. A, <laughs> yeah i think the biggest thing is being associated with like a big network like hgtv or diy it gives you um a name association um that's super helpful when trying to open doors, which I'm so grateful for. I'm very grateful that I've been able to participate in in uh, shows in the past. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, congratulations on your continued success. Thank you. Yeah, thank you again for taking the time. I know you got to run. You got you got some meetings to go to. Um, is there a way that people can kind of um, see what you're doing and kind of follow what you're um, what you got going on? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. Um, so it's just Sarah Bendrick, S A R A. 
uh, B-E-N-D-R-I-C-K. And then if you, on Instagram, that's a big platform for me. And YouTube, I put stuff out. And then if you're on TikTok, <laughs> um, the social media platforms, um, having follows is what really helps kind of stay relevant in today's world. And I don't think necessarily like professionally, that's more for like the media side of things. Like I think we could run a successful business without any of the social media, absolutely. Sure. But it doesn't hurt. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're on there, that helps me with my like show opportunities and stuff like that. <laughs> nice. We'll include some of those links in the show notes for everybody to, uh, to hop on over and, uh, and yes. give you a follow. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate Thanks, it. It was Sarah. a pleasure chatting with you. You too. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.